Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. One of the uh, most important things in commerce is agreed upon best practices and standards. And um, in many industries, associations have been developed uh, that uh, take the wisdom that has been learned by various subject matter experts in the field to help shape those standards and then publish them. And it's used as kind of a, a touchstone, if you will, for that uh, sector. In the security industry, we have a large organization called ASIS. And uh, ASIS actually has a process they administer uh, uh, around international standards for risk, resilience, and security. And it, they're very clear that the people who volunteer their time and their expertise um, work through that development process under their guidelines of administration, but the resulting standards are not, um, they do not take or assume any duty of care over them. So these are voluntary standards, voluntarily adopted, but they do influence how um, security is seen and, uh, and how it's administered. It is an influence. Um, and back in 2008, if we look back in history, the, um, the risk resilience, when, when I got into the industry uh, in 2002, they were still, uh, um, security executives were still fighting for a seat at the table in most organizations. And there was this idea, if we could just define the importance of their role, we could have that adopted in industry. And thus, a chief security officer uh, designation or standard was formed. I wanted to now come to the presence, 2022, and I tracked down uh, Michael Gibbs, who is the principal of Global Insights and Professional Security. He's one of the top influencers in security, as recently designated by uh, the international um, IFSEC, uh, which is an international uh, association. And uh, he's just an eloquent uh, advocate and evangelist for the security industry. And Michael, great having you on. Thank you, Ron. I'm really excited about appearing on the show. And I really like your introduction that ideas matter. I'm with you 100% there. So I'm excited. Well, you know, and I, and I must admit, Everyone knows who follows this. I'm a geek on ideas, right? I, I do understand their importance. And I love to bring around my table, my round table, a true conversation about, about those ideas and whether they're nascent or uh, emerging. Uh, I like to understand their place in the world and, and many times uh, be an advocate for, um, for those ideas beginning to get activated in the market. So uh, and in society. So uh, very, very nice to have you on. I'm privileged as well. Uh, so my, Michael, you recently volunteered your time in one of those committees. And it was to begin to shape 
an update, if you will, bring it up to the present, a new standard around security executives. Tell me, a, tell me what, what engendered that process. Sure, let me give you some background. I had a very um, singular, peculiar um, uh, uh, ramp to participating in this. I was around when the first CSO standard came out in 2008, and it's not um, inconsequential or, or, or random that that came out at the time, the same time as the CSO Center was opened by ASIS. Now, if you recall, it was called the CSO Roundtable at the time. Um, um, and it started, um, it opened in 2008 for the senior most security executives of the world's largest and most influential organizations. So you're talking Fortune 1000, large government agencies, other large institutions, critical infrastructures. And it was around that time when there was a sense that, as you said, security needs a seat at the table. Security needs to be placed um, in the C-suite alongside the chief financial officer, the chief information officer, chief technology officer, uh, et cetera, et cetera, chief operational officer, operations officer. And this was sort of um, our moonshot um, to, you know, to put our, put our colleagues up there along with the biggest influencers in, in, you know, in corporations. So- um, Wait, wait, I wanna pause right there. That's a significant yeah. statement that, you know, with humility, you're realizing at that time, it's a moonshot. You know, I'm thinking, I'm, th I'm thinking other moonshots in the industry that were taking a big bet. Why was it such a big bet for everyone at that time? Security for a long time, and it had, it had improved over the years. So, so I'm not saying that we went from sort of the basement to the penthouse in, in one swoop, but- or The boiler room to the boardroom. <laughs> the room to the boardroom, exactly. I mean, when I started, I started in security in 1994, and it wasn't uncommon for security departments to be in the boiler room to, um, to be the, the ones who locked and unlocked doors, issued cards to lost and found, and you know operational tac tactics, you know operational and tactical um, um, duties, and that's it. Very little um, in the strategic area. Certainly not uh, serving as a business partner or a strategic advisor or anything like that. And part of the whole CSO thing, I, I remember the little bit of debate about the terminology of CSO at the time. Because unlike these other roles, like chief financial officer, chief information officer, it's very clear that we're talking about a corporate officer, right? A someone um, at the highest levels of an organization. Whereas when you put security next to officer, it connotes or conjures up images of a security officer and, and a guard. And a chief security officer kind of sounds like the head of the guards, right? And you know they're they are very valuable individuals, fulfill an important role. Um, strategic direction of a corporation is not one of them, right? So, chief security officer, it's almost you know it doesn't stand side by side with those other roles, you know, because it sounds like 
uh, a guard supervisor. So there was a little bit of debate there, but um, for, for the purposes of consistency, um, you know, it, would, it made sense to, you know, come up with the term CSO, Chief Security Officer, to be parallel with those other roles. So that was going on in the background. Um, and it was aspirational, right? Okay, if we come up with this title, then we should come up with the duties and responsibilities uh, to fulfill that title and develop the type of person who can occupy that role. So some of the, I, I know that some of the early, uh, the founders of the CSO roundtable were Regis Becker, who at the time was, I forget the name of the, uh, the chemical company he was with in Pittsburgh. He ended up becoming the head of ethics after the Penn State um, debacle with the, uh, with the children and the, and the, the football coach. Um, so he was sort of the apotheosis of an, uh, an eloquent, strategic, poised, uh, business savvy security professional. And that early round, so there are people like Bart Jirasi um, from uh, the pharmaceutical company, slips my mind, Don Walker, who is with uh, Securitas, um, Maureen Allison, who at the time was Medco. So these were the cream of the crop, um, the, the tip of the spear, um, sort of the best security had to offer in terms of uh, corporate savvy and leadership, um, understanding of business processes well beyond a security posture. So this all went on at the same time, but the first draft of the CSO standard tended to read more like a job description. Uh, and that's because it, it sort of was, it was telling companies here are, if you wanna create this role, here's, here's how to do it. Here are the competencies that you need. Here are the, the skills. Here's the background you want to require. Here's the type of person. Here's what they'll do, blah, 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 blah. That was 2008. It got updated in 2013, I think, to sort of reflect more up-to-date practices. And in the last year, when we did a pretty thorough um, overhaul of the standard, we made it much more, the, the profession has evolved and what was aspirational before is more, has, has to a great extent come to fruition. So it's less, we, we turn the document in my view, less uh, from what it was, which was sort of a job description to a more um, uh, comprehensive uh, picture of, of roles, responsibilities, uh, as much more business and leadership oriented than previously it was a little bit more operational and tactical and security focused. And now it kind of broadened its scope to talk about security's role in the enterprise through things like influence, uh, leadership, um, 
business strategy and things like that. So we did a pretty significant overhaul. It was chaired by Brian Ledbetter, who's a CSO. And there were, we, we had a working group, I think that's what it was called. There's about seven of us who really kind of took pencil to paper and scratch out the old version, did a heavy um, blue line and, and, and edit of that 2013 version and said, okay, let's, let's get rid of some of these inconsistencies. Let's take a more um, a high level view. Let's add things that we've learned in the meantime. Um, there's, I remember personally rewriting sections on role of security and compliance um, and, and legal field. I have a, a legal background, so I remember working on that. And other folks really um, use their experience. I probably was the only one on there who didn't have you know, at least 10 years as CSO. I was CSO at ASIS, but we had folks from International Paper, I think some from uh, was it GitHub, like major organizations through uh, covering almost every sector. And it was global. We had a gentleman from India who was head of security from, for Hindustan Zinc. Um, we had um, that, you know, just a, you know, a, a nice variety of people. If I can stop you there, just because I'm curious, because from 2008 to 2022, you said, quote unquote, the industry had evolved, right? Had made strides. And in fact, your chair was labeled a chief security officer in his organization. So, um, so I just want to uh, be very clear, then the voluntary group, including the steering committee, had on it chief security officers by title on this effort. Is that correct? Yes, but not everyone was a C was actually titled the CSO. Some of them were. Understand, understand. But it had, it did have that perspective. CSOs weighing in on the new standard, if you will, making it more comprehensive, going from operational to strategic, the leaning towards strategic the intersection of business, not just the tactics of security. Am I hearing you right? All you are hearing me perfectly. Okay, keep, yeah. keep going. This is good. Yeah, so the issue with the CSO standard, the name changed to Senior Security Executive. Right, which, you, which was kind of in your face because, because kind of, it's kind of interesting. The original goal is I want to seat at the table. I want the same title as everyone else. You know, it starts with chief. <laughs> exactly. And, and at the seat of the table, of course, of course, the legal and compliance and fiduciary implications of having a C title are very clear. And it was curious to me um, when I entered the industry and started watching it evolve like you, some of these people would get the C title, but still not be in the fiduciary role, exactly. like a financial officer, a chief, you know, um, uh, legal officer and so forth. Yeah, exactly. And so 
some of these roles of chief security officer might have re reported to the vice president of risk or something. Right. Yeah. It just titles could be, in a lot of cases, titles can be meaningless, right? right. Depending, every company has a different structure, has a different right. system. In, in this case, um, in terms of the people who were on that steering committee or working group, whatever we called it, there were some CSOs, there were some vice presidents of security, there were some senior security managers, all basically had the same roles. Um, it just, you know, matter of what you call it. The, there was a fair amount of discussion on whether to change the title. There were a couple of folks who were adamantly opposed to moving away from CSO. Because it's like, what does that mean that we're not chief anymore? Why are we going to this generic term, senior security executive? And the sense part of part of the reason, the overriding reason was, as we said, there, you know, the, the name CSO is it's not even a plurality, or maybe a plurality of all the names out there. But I think, you know, vice president, senior vice president, executive vice president of security, cumulatively might be more uh, common than CSO. Um, and then you throw in other things like director of security, senior director of security, and then then you add physical security, corporate security, loss prevention, you throw in, and there's a million titles, you know, no two are the same, you know, senior vice president of, of security, loss prevention, and parking, you know, it's like. Uh, well, also, uh, if you think about it, that three letter, you know, uh, acronym, if you will, um, could be confused with chief sales officer, Chief strategy officer. Chief strategy officer. I mean, a lot, a lot of different things on that too. Not only that, but the CSO, the chief um, security officer, the physical slash enterprise security and, and defining enterprise is everything, including, including cyber, often butted heads with tech firms that define CSO, chief security officer, as the the chief information security officer, chief cyber security officer. So we couldn't even agree in the larger field what CSO covered because the CSO of Oracle at the time just had um, cyber duties and the physical security person, I forget was called something else, maybe head of physical security. So what, so it was not just that it's CSO meant chief sales officer, chief strategy officer. Look up CSO. Just look up CSO and chief, and you'll get multiple other things that might even be listed first on Google. I haven't done it recently, but. Right. Um, okay. so, so let's do this at the, uh, first of all, I urge everyone to read the, uh, the old standard. The old, it's still out there. Uh, in the ASIS library. I think you, uh, you will get charged for it, uh, but it's not a, a large fee. And, uh, and read the one that was updated in 2013. And then if we compare that side by side, what is the new standard called again? Senior security executive. Senior security executive. So we lay that side by side. What are the key things you will see, the key differences in it? The ones that you want to kind of point them to? Probably the top thing is that um, ASIS is bought in to ESRM completely. And 
it's now the senior security standard, the executive standard, the CSO standard, whatever you want to call it, is now within an ESRM framework. And while, so ESRM is mentioned throughout um, the principles of, of risk management. So it goes beyond security to, to risk management. And it may not be in the actual text, but sort of in the, in the references and the normative references, there is a, a segment on ESRM describing the principles. There might, I think there are some, some charts. Um, I know that between the time the old CSO standard, well, the one that was redone in 2013 and this one, came out, there was, I believe it was between the time, it might've been around the same time. ASIS did a, um, I forget what you call it. Um, they did competency model. That's what it is. Competency model with the Apollo group and with the, um, one of the online universities, University of Phoenix, right? So ASIS, University of Phoenix, Apollo, Apollo group did a competency, competency model for security professionals. And it looks like a pyramid and it has very kind of basic skills at the bottom, you know, um, you know, reading, writing, you know, um, reasoning, blah, blah, blah. And then moving up um, to more to higher level thinking and then specific security competencies and then sort of business and leadership at the top. So that was incorporated into this um, to the security uh, senior security executive standard because we already had competencies and the competencies are similar no matter whether you're you know a, a, a junior you know security manager or senior security executives how far up the pyramid you've ascended so that was incorporated as well and that competency model had been adopted by the Department of Labor, I believe in 2014. So this isn't just something that ASS spun out and said, yeah, this is, you know, this is how we define it. No, it's been adopted by the US government as sort of the official or one official model for um, development of security skills and competency. So that's in there as well. So between that and ESRM are, I, I, I see those as sort of the, the big game changers. And, and you're absolutely right. Again, there's always going to be differences of opinion, but the two statements you just made are, quite frankly, highly, um, highly differentiated from where it was going in the past. And let, let me explain. Uh, when I first came into the industry, there was a clear differentiation between physical and logical security. There was a complete differentiation, I believe. And again, you, you can help me with my memory. This is 2001 and two, a complete differentiation um, between risk management and the practice of security. And, you know, one could almost be seen as, you know, an insurance kind of approach and the other one was the practice of gates, guns, guards, and later electronic security. And then the, you know, the cyber guys, you know, the IT guys had their own security, right? 
And, and we weren't even talking CISOs back then. We were talking just IT, the IT department trying to keep spam from coming through, right? And uh, so it's pretty revolutionary that with this document that you're, you're the, the largest association in security in the world is saying, we now believe this should not be called ERM anymore. Right? There, that in a sense, you have converged ERM and enterprise security into what you believe is the focus of your industry, which is enterprise security risk management, converging the two terms. Am I right? Well, that's interesting the way you put it, because um, you used some words there that um, purists might like to try to keep apart. Like you, you say converge. So whenever I hear convergence. Oh yeah. For, forget, forget. Yeah. yeah. People get all freaked out <laughs> over convergence. What I'm talking is the notion of the discipline you've begun to merge into, let's not even call it convergence. You've begun to merge into this standard. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, there might be some debate on whether on ESRM versus ERM. ERM is way broader than ESRM. Um, defining ESRM is, is difficult. Um, not the process. The process is pretty straightforward, and it's done very nicely in in books by um, Brian Allen and Rochelle Lawyer. They have the, correct, correct. the seminal um, works on it. Um, and there, there's some forebears to, the, to that as well. There was a security convergence book by Dave Tyson back in 2007. Correct. And there was work by the ASIS um, and the, um, a couple of other organizations back in the early 2000s. Uh, they created the AES or in the Alliance of Enterprise Security Management. So they did some great foundational work there too. But ESRM has always sort of been defined as, well, what are security risks? as opposed to general enterprise risks. Well, they're the kind of risk that security professionals would be that sort of, you know, it's circular, um, it's tautological. So, you know, well, what do security people do? Well, security people do physical security, they do investigations, they do, you know, workplace violence, they do forensics, they do, um, you know, personnel security, executive protection, policies and procedures, blah, 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 branding. It's like, all right, well, that's, you know, that, that's self-describing, whereas ERM is, you know, you never see security people get involved in, you know, necessarily process risk or currency risk or insurance risk or, or a million other types of risks out there. So we defined a, a, a sub-segment of risk of the sorts of things that security people normally do. But the key thing here is defining it as part of an overall risk management process and policy, right? Rather than we're outside, you know, doing, you know, um, locking doors and doing all these tactical things that are just preventive or responsive. Well, now we'll go towards, you know, the security department through SRM has a role in not only um, managing risk for company, but also building business, finding new markets, being um, an advisor to help make critical business and investment decisions and things like that. So I think that's where the ESRM really comes into full 
fruition. Yeah, and 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 we're. I'm just trying to pull this thread because, you know, one of the things when I work with organizations to help them become more valuable, one of the first things culturally that get in the way of great leadership is a reliance on titles. This whole titular idea of power, right? And I think more and more you're seeing that being rejected, right? That titles don't necessarily mean you're a great leader. And uh, so when I started seeing the struggle between in the early days with Brian Allen and others, this struggle between, wait, wait, why are you calling it enterprise security risk management? You're confusing that with enterprise risk management. What are the differences between? And it's just, I'm, I'm just laughing because the same thing is in regards to the title, CSO. What about a CRO, chief risk officer? What, how do the two talk? How do the, the two negotiate uh, uh, the uh, mitigation of risk within the enterprise? So it, 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 this is a large task you guys <laughs> set upon. Uh, uh, and, and in a sense, I can see the argument where you've diluted it now. Uh, I don't have the ability to negotiate a better salary and a, best, a better position of empowerment within my organization because I don't have aspirational goals to be that title anymore. So let me ask you the next question, and I have not read the new standard. Do either of the standards, CSO or this new one, do either of them um, create an, uh, in, their, in, in their mind's eye as they're writing this standard, are you talking to the CEO? Are you talking to HR and saying, here's what you need at the highest levels of leadership and here's some recommended titles if you do that. Are you, are you making the case for that? Well, we're, the, the standard is definitely talking to the CEO and to all the C-suite okay. Uh, okay. executives. And it's saying, here's how, if you're not deploying, partnering with, um, uh, executing you know your security your security function in this way and using these resources then you're not getting the full benefit of them as a matter of fact the document lays out um, with at least a paragraph in each case for every function uh, c-suite function and says here's how security supports interacts with develops um, uh, enhances all these functions um, security has a role. And it really hits hard on the partnership aspect on how security has a role with all these different groups um, and uh, it will enhance each one of them. But it has to be, you know, the, the relationship has to be there, um, uh, both on a personal level and, you know, really at an organizational level. And so, yes, to that, but as far as prescribing a term, it recognizes that every organization has its own nomenclature, okay. title scheme, you know, you know, hierarchy, organ, organizational chart. So it doesn't say, if I recall correctly, it doesn't say, oh, you can call the chief security officer, or vice president of security, or whatever you want, as long as it has these roles. It, it's sort of, if I recall correctly, because this was a few months ago, silent on that. Um, but 
sort of the implication is clear. It's the, the set of responsibilities and duties um, and, and, and the perception of those that are important rather than, you know, whatever title it goes by. Well, I, uh, as a business strategist who works across the C table, and has to make recommendations on organizational structures that um, make the business model more effective. Um, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the place where, okay, Ron, I'm asked by the CEO. I have I, <clears throat> I need a subject matter expert in um, cyber, a subject matter experts in risk management, subject matter experts in physical security. Where do I put all those functions under? Or do I make them all C-level and put them at the table? And it, you know, it's a conundrum because you're not necessarily giving direction on that. Yeah, I think that's right. And you see a mishmash of what different companies are doing. Right. Some have them all at the C-suite. The you might have a C CSO, CISO, um, chief risk officer. To me, that doesn't make all that much sense because th those others are subsumed in risk. Um, there are a fair amount where um, all risk goes into a CRO, but and that's an increasing trend, but I'm not sure that makes sense either because I think the COO, I mean, the CEO isn't really the chief risk officer because um, they make the ultimate decision, right? I mean, everything right. based yeah, on they, risk they, tolerance. Their primary role is uh, navigating between risk and opportunity. We talked about that, you and I. And, and I also know that general leadership and management, um, uh, general, <clears throat> general reporting advice is not to have more than 10 or 12 reports at the table. So you start giving everyone a C title and you have an executive meeting, you're gonna, you're gonna fill the room. Yeah, um, I think even 10 to 12 is just uh, overwhelming. Yeah. You know, in any other role, if, besides the CEO, you would never want more than four to six direct reports, right? So why should a CEO be any reason, especially since they have so much more responsibility and, account and accountability? Um, I mean, if our CEO, I'd probably want to, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to have certain functions in there, but, you know, six, seven, and after that, it just gets overwhelming. Although, although again, the greatest struggle of a CEO with two, with who doesn't go beyond the four or five people at the table and really understand what's going on in the company, uh, then you also lose adjudication on budget. You, you know, and this, and this was the early concern. If I don't have a seat at the table, I can't argue and negotiate my value proposition for the organization, right? So. Yeah, well then you have to have a good relationship with the person you report to in the C-suite and have an effective advocate there. But again, right. it's diluted because of, all the security comes up, the physical cyber and, and you know, I don't know, um, operational security come up through the same person, you know, it's diluted because, oh, yeah, we're just talking, you know. But then again, there's power in unification of security. Security is security. So why are we dividing cyber, physical, 
um, and, and loss prevention and, and any of these other areas because there it's just a function of you know what technology is being used or how it's right. specifically being deployed but it's all security so there's power in that so your admonishment maybe to the industry is this new standards out yes we got rid of the cso title we're now focused more on strategy and frameworks and um and that and, and a pyramid of value you know, it, 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 you know, that has been accepted by the Department of Labor that says here, here is the pinnacle of success in this industry. So we have, it, the good news is we have guidelines now that really describe excellence in security. And uh, I think your admonishment is focus on that right now, not on the title. Right, exactly. And the ESRM framework um, as well is, you know, is critical. The framework for uh, the integration of the disciplines. Exactly. All this for everything, right? Everything from brand protection to cybersecurity right. to right to white collar crime, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You know that that's well stated. And those ESRM is working its way into as all the new standards at ASS are is it being revised or new ones are coming up. ESRM is is being um, uh, is being sewn into the fabric of yep. all the. Well, this has been a great conversation. For those of you, thank you for your patience. We usually go about 20 something minutes. We've gone much longer than this, but this is an important time in the history of the industry. And I'm excited that it's taking, you know, it's taking one more step in, the, in creating a value framework for the role of the security executive. Thank you, Michael Gibbs. Yes, thank you. I'd like to call out my colleagues who worked on that document with me. Um, off the top of my head, um, there was Roy Lemons, Brian Ledbetter, Avril Eklund, um, Paul Moxness, uh, Harry Pratap Singh. I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but... Um, well, and also you stood, like you said, uh, you were on the original volunteer staff of the original standard, and you, you know, this, this standard and the new volunteer members who came in are standing on the shoulders of those people who may, without them, we wouldn't be talking about these things. People like Jerry Brennan and George Campbell and uh, Lance Wright and Don Hubbard and people like that who helped bring that together. Exactly, and thank you for mentioning them because they are some of the originators. I had mentioned some of the folks from the CSO roundtable before like Don Walker. Right. Um, yeah, those are those are our forebears, and we stood on the uh, we stood on the shoulders of giants. This has been a great conversation.